Game Boys. You didn't really think I was going to miss the opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas, did you? It's been a pretty good year, and I'm grateful to have my health back. <laughs> some changes in my life, and I'd like to invite you to join me. As we walk into 2020, I want to cast my vote for more good in this world. <laughs> hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and I'm your host. And joining me, as always, he's in the same room at the same table enjoying a coffee and some Kevin Spacey. It's Griffin Davis. As always, famously, we're always in the same room together. No, it's actually maybe only the third or fourth time this has ever happened, right? Yeah, a rare occurrence. This is incredible. We're, and we know, but true to form, we've had technical difficulties and we're huddling around one mic. Yeah, but we're going to do, it's going to be great. Um, Griffin, you're in Austin because it's the holidays. How are your holidays? Incredible. Now that there has been a new Kevin Spacey video released, I forgot it was a Christmas thing. Yeah, that's that was a real twist on the whole <laughs> huge twist on this whole day was the reveal that Kevin Spacey made a new video about Christmas. I forgot that there's kind of two Christmases now in canon. Yeah, there's regular Christmas, and there's also Kevin Spacey video Christmas. Spooky Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this one doesn't exactly have uh, the same amount of Easter eggs as uh, the last video, but oh boy, oh boy, I highly suggest you watch the full thing. It's really good. It's really weird. Let me tell you, it's a message about being kind to the people around you. And that's something I think we can all get behind. I definitely think so, too. Uh, now, Lux, uh, you know, we, you are famously a Jewish person. It's true. But uh, how are you celebrating Christmas? Um, great question. Probably just going to watch movies and eat Chinese food. Might help friend of the podcast, Rory, film some weird stunts dressed up as Santa. Sure. Um, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. Um, now, did you get any uh, any any presents for Hanukkah? Not yet, because I'm going to be back in D.C. in two days. Oh, man. So you get all 19 days at once. Oh, it's eight. And uh, it'll be, I think, day four or five of Hanukkah by the time I get there. So I might have a, a little stack. A hefty stack. Yeah, a little stash of guilt. Uh, hidden away. Now, did you uh, you think there might be any games in that under that menorah? Um, it's possible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if I've asked for any games. I might. Knowing my family, it's possible there might be a copy of Jedi Fallen Order under that menorah. Oh yes, but it also is very possible to just be some weird stuff. I have about a ninety nine percent chance that there is Jedi Fallen Order under my Christmas tree. Um, and you know, Christmas is the perfect time to get that game that you want to play but you don't want to buy. Yeah, I mean that's holidays and birthdays. As far as if people ask you what you want, asking for games. That you don't want to pay for, but that you'd really love to try out. It's the time. Tis Mm -hmm. the season. But speaking of season, it's not just Kevin Spacey season. It's not just Christmas season. It's Jedi season. It's also and, cat season. Well, yeah, it's cat season. Do you want to talk about that first? Yeah, let's let's, let's lead get into that cats. really quickly out of the way. Um, it. I so I got to see it mm-hmm. uh, on drugs, uh, pre patch, pre patch. So yes. for those who don't know, mm-hmm. they patched the cats movie because it came out unfinished and trash, and with lots of problems that I will describe momentarily. And so they sent out a new uh, version of it to theaters to fix all these problems. This is the first movie that's ever truly acted like a video game yeah it's the most video game shit actually it's not even those video game movie shit we're going to talk about 
Um, but like, like imagine if more movies did that. Like if there was just like tennis balls on strings where aliens should be or something. Yeah, the first like the, <laughs> the first release of whatever Alien Covenant two. I think it's incredible, and I think it it only makes this cat's movie more of a, a cult hit if you saw patch one because everyone yeah. after patch one is an amateur and not a true fan yeah there's patch one fans yeah no i'm a patch one fan and i'm proud of it yeah no but so like so some of the stuff you get to see is there are parts where uh you can just see uh judy dench's whole ass wedding ring on her cat hand which mm-hmm. is real weird yeah because you know cats don't don't get married also they don't have like they have human ish hands in the movie but they mm-hmm. have like some kind of cgi stuff going on yeah but not always judy dench's hands mm-hmm. also some of the cats like float and sink into the ground because of the way the cgi is rendered so it's very <laughs> video game problem um and yeah it and everything just looks weird it's also a weirdly horny movie yes it's kind of like uh it seems like it's like the ultimate edging movie it's a big edging movie because it's a lot of like cats presenting and also a weird number of masturbation jokes Mm -hmm. also there's this weird thing where like the cats don't have like genitals when you see them naked standing in front of the camera or whatever right but they get hit in the nuts and act like they get hit in the nuts oh wow so that's weird and also immensely uncomfortable yeah the whole movie is really bizarre but it's really really fun and we're Um, still doing the nut hitting jokes like i mean i don't know if we as a society are but cats is for sure it feels like uh it feels like a joke that i haven't even seen in a while i just don't think that you can sort of take what cats is doing and say this is what we're doing together because cats is off on its own shit in many <laughs> weird, weird ways. Um, there's some good things though. Scribble Shank song is good. Memories is good because Memories is just a banger of a song. Yeah, and so is I mean, my favorite song is Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, and here's what I'm worried about because I haven't seen the movie yet. Do they fuck with the songs? No, the songs are all pretty much the same. Yeah, there's just some weird audio mixing. I mean, some of the arrangements are a little weird, but like they don't really? like they don't like refunkify them or anything. Okay, good because like in like my one of my favorite songs in Lion King is Scar's song "Be Prepared." Yeah, and they obliterated that in the new movie. It's like a completely different song, and that's what I was really I was concerned for. Mistoffoy. No, that one's pretty much the same. Okay, good because those songs slap, and I think this movie is like the perfect nightmare. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, I had a good time. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. as like a weird experience as the movie, it like clearly did a bad job, but it was like, it was one of those ones where obviously they did a bad job because you can tell these patch failures and stuff, but there's mm-hmm. also this weird thing where like, it seemed like they did exactly what they wanted to do, yeah. which is really crazy mm-hmm. because it's wild that it would want to do this stuff, mm-hmm. but it seems like they got to do like exactly their dream. Yeah. Um, which I guess good for them. Good for them. <laughs> good for them indeed. Well, that's cats. I look forward to seeing that with my grandmother tomorrow. Yes. Um, because she doesn't know what it is, but likes Judy Dench. Nice. It's huge trap. Um, do you want to talk about video games at all? Do you want to talk about what you're playing? No. Okay. Let's get right. This is a movie episode. Yeah, it's this true. Is a special Christmas episode. Well, there is okay, so we're gonna be talking about Star Wars. Yeah. The rise of Skywalker. And this is the part where if you haven't seen it yet. You don't need to and can just listen to us talk about it. Yeah, it's a spoilers is what he's trying to <laughs> articulate here. Um, so first things first, did you know that there was an Easter egg for this movie and secret 
part of it in, in Fortnite. Fort- I was going to get to that, but let's because it's well, that's we'll the, get to that. Well, I think that's well, the first that's thing the, in the movie. That is the first thing in the movie is yeah. a Fortnite reference. Um, essentially, the crawl goes by and it mentions that uh, a, a message has been sent across the galaxy by Palpatine uh, that he is back and on the rise. Yet we never see that happen in the movie or have any character know that happened in the movie uh, because it didn't happen in the movie. But it did yeah. happen in Fortnite because there was an event uh, a Saturday event at I think Rickety Reels or something and at the end if you're still hanging out in the world of Fortnite you heard Palpatine send his weird message about revenge and coming back and then so you saw more of the movie than anyone else so here's the thing was this a mistake was there some scenes that they shot that would have made that make sense just in the movie and then they had to cut them and then it only became a Fortnite reference yeah I think it was definitely like for whatever reason they cut that line from the movie and then like Disney and Epic did some like advertising team up and Epic was like and then it just became solely the first two lines of this movie are about Fortnite and thematically I think that is how this whole movie feels in a certain way. Yeah, I definitely. I think there's a lot to compare. There, there's shared, there's shared sort of psychological real estate with this movie in Fortnite for yeah. sure. Um, I guess, yeah, let's talk about the movie. So the beginning is this opening crawl well, about, well, yeah, we'll get into that just at the top. How did you feel about it? Oh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> I fucking, I hated it so much. And I enjoyed it. Now I went into this movie knowing it was going to be bad and just knowing it was going to be awful uh, and then I had uh, quite a few Star Wars themed cocktails uh, at the Alamo Draft House before the movie. And I loved it. And not in a way where I think it's good or well written, but in a way that was like, man, this for me was just fun. It looked good and it looked cool. Uh, and I rolled my eyes a lot, but not in a way that was boring in a way that was like, oh my God, they're doing this eye roll. But overall I left the theater going, man, that was really stupid, but I had fun the entire time. Well, here's my problem (laughs) is that this movie really quintessentially distilled why I really don't like the way that JJ Abrams makes movies. Oh, (laughs) I really don't. JJ Abrams also was in that Fortnite event. Uh, what really? Yeah. They digitized him in. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah. God, what an awful jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the way that he makes movies. And this movie was like every single one of his like greatest hits of like dumb bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the way he makes movies is just like wanting every moment to like evoke a specific feeling, usually like through nostalgia or some shit. And doesn't really like try to make a coherent long form piece of narrative or like catharsis or drama. It's just like moment to moment specific feeling of the moment. And so there's no like, setups or payoffs or anything cool. Sure. It's just like. This is the part where you're sad. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you're happy. Yeah. And this part, you're excited. Right. And it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And 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 me, I was really able to latch on to the vibes he was sending me and just and just ride them, even though you know I knew I knew it didn't really mean anything. But I, mean, I can imagine having several drinks and being like, oh, that was a fun movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was kind of fun. I just like hated it. And it was annoying. Also, it was like, it was very obnoxiously uh like condescending to the audience in the sense of like just being like you're idiot for sure absolutely <laughs> um uh maybe that's why i liked it anyway hey, yeah fair <laughs> enough uh so let's get let's let's, let's get in by it starts with that Fortnite crawl uh and then as we as we go down this movie takes off 
the for minute one. We waste zero time before we see Palpatine, which I yeah. kind of respected. Like, like we knew it was going to happen and they didn't waste 30 minutes leading up to it. If you're going to like obnoxiously retcon a whole movie, you might as well just like get just straight to it. Get straight to it. Yeah. I like that. It was like really it was like just doing a like one swell, like clean cut. Yeah. So the gist of the crawl, we go from Palpatine's back and he wants revenge and sends out a message to mm-hmm. Palpatine sort of getting his shit together to go do revenge. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, Kylo Ren uh, meets instantly meets him. Uh, he reveals and then the, yeah, the Kylo first finds of, him quick immediately. And then so the first thing, because there's going to be this is a, also a revisionary movie. They, oh, yeah. And so a lot of history will be revi- like re-envisioned yeah. from the last. Movie. There's a lot of undoing what happened in The Last Jedi in this movie, which is a bummer because I liked The Last Jedi. Yeah, which I did too. Um, and so we find out that uh, Snoke was just a lab uh, mutant creature. Which, to be fair, that's the look. <laughs> that is the look uh, that he like, they pour, like they made him too quickly. Yeah. Like they rushed him out like a few months out of the yeah, Before oven. he could fully finish having a face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that kind of fits his personality too. Um, and so then uh, we are see uh, Finn, Poe, and Chewbacca who uh, hear from a First Order spy, so this is all just like secondhand information, uh, that Palpatine's back. So it's like, okay, everyone who didn't play Fortnite now knows Palpatine is back. Yeah, I mean, also, it's that makes it feel, makes you feel so weird about how, I mean, I guess it comes up later, but just like, they could easily have just been like, hey, here's everyone in their ships, and they just hear the like broadband frequency of like, it's me, the Emperor. Yeah. I'm Brittany, bitch. One scene where she like raised like like at a window looking out at space and like she senses that Brittany is out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also it like I mean, he does he basically like puts it on the radio. Yeah. Like you can if you're hacking stuff and you have like your sci-fi special ship signal stuff, surely he, he kind of does a Kevin Spacey Christmas video. Yeah, in a lot of ways he does, <laughs> which like I mean, if we can find that, surely they could have found the emperor's special signal. And and in and, and, and I hope the emperor one day finds his new groove. Uh moving on, we've uh we get to we we see that Ray has been continuing to train and this is where we see the bulk of the Leia scenes, which made me incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, they felt weird. I mean, wasn't that sort of part of the plan for these movies that like number like episode seven was going to be the Han Solo one and then episode eight was going to be the Luke one. Episode nine was going to be the Leia one. And so like presumably they had all these ideas for Leia and stuff they needed her to do. Uh, but then she died. It's like, it's like, and so that's like a tough, so and they, and they use, they use like unused footage from other, other shots from like last Jedi for this movie. And it's instantly clear. That's what they did. (laughs) Yeah. Like not even like, not, not even to like someone who knows how movies are made. Like it, the vibes are fucked on, on those scenes. Yeah. It doesn't go great. Is there a single person that enjoyed watching those scenes? Like I, I would I mean, sh- surely, surely there are people who are just like, I love the story and yeah. I'm here for it. But is there like anyone and is there a single princess Leia fan out there that enjoyed watching this essentially like, like at this point we're like parading around a corpse kind of right. Like yeah, a digital I mean, corpse. It was gross and weird. Um, like, 
I mean, I understand that they kind of felt like they had to get her in there, but I feel like there was definitely better ways to do it. I don't think she did anything integral to the pot, and then she disappears, and it's like, I wish they just opened well, she up She was one integral thing with her, like, weird something. mind call. You're right. We'll get to that. I, I was very drunk, um, and so even reading the wiki now, I'm like, oh, this scene happened. Yeah. So, moving on. Um, so, they, uh, Ray and the gang, they all decide to go and seek this new thing called the Wayfinder. Right. Well, so the Wayfinder Wayfinder, Kylo has one at the beginning, and he mm-hmm. uses it to find Palpatine, and that's, like, the whole thing. These Wayfinders, like, I guess, track signals or energy and, like, take you to place. Um, take you to the Sith planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, to whatever, but in this case, yeah. sorry that. To wherever, but in this case, it's the Sith planet mm-hmm. in a big way. So, yeah, this is, like, a very boring plot device. Like, there's nothing... A, absolute MacGuffin. There's nothing fun about this plot device, too. It is very arbitrary um, and, like... I could not tell you like when or why it mattered. Um, so they're looking for that. And and on this new planet where they encounter, ba-boom, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, Lando Calrissian showing up and being like, I'm the guy who knows where the Wayfinder might be mm-hmm. is some real like, this is exactly J.J. Abrams bullshit, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just to make you be like. Uh, a triumphant moment with my good buddy Lando. Yeah, it is. It is like when all my best friends show up and hang out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, sucks yeah. as a, for a movie. To yeah. Do. I hate my friends. No, um. I mean, I like my friends. <laughs> that part doesn't suck. I don't like the, them all together, though. Yeah. When you get them all together, it's a fucking mess. I prefer my best friends to be estranged and possibly unaware if we're even alive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, so they find Lando, it's hashtag epic. Um, and then uh Kylo like learns through the force, through like the sexy force bond, like that Ray is on this planet. Um yeah, also this planet is just another tattooing. It's always a tattooing. It's but it's called Pasana. Um, but it is very much Tatooine and it really, it messes with my brain that they don't just go to Tatooine. Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened in, uh, the fur in Force Awakens too. Like right. she lives on a Tatooine. She lives on Jakku. Yeah. A Tatooine called Jakku. Yeah. Oh. Um, and don't worry, we'll be seeing a little bit of Jakku immediately after this because this movie also needs to tell us who's Ray's parents are. Yes. <laughs> Which is infuriating. <laughs> Not just that they do it, but who it is and what it implies. Yes, and we'll get to that reveal in a little bit, but... um, That's a tease, but fuck. But fuck. Um, I think for me, with all of these retcons, I've said this a few times before, it feels like J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are doing the worst improv scene I've ever seen, where they're just not yes and in each other. And it's like J.J. Abrams initiates with a Snoke, and then Ryan Johnson's like, nah, nah, like I'm gonna do my thing. Right. It's not just like not, it's like not just not like engaging, it's like fully negating the other person's thing. Yeah. Like it's not just being like your premise. Yeah, but instead I do this. It's like your thing. No way. Yeah. Get it out of here. <laughs> New thing. My thing. And it's like wild. It's like they don't. It's like they're not progressing the scene at all. They're and literally making the story go backwards for large stretches of this yes, movie. Entirely. Um, so now here's a fun new thing uh, about Ray's parentage. Uh, they discover the remains of an assassin named Ochi uh, and his ship and a dagger inscribed with Sith text. 
Um, okay. Which is just like so fucking silly and fucking video game plotty. Yeah. There's like three different coincidences happening at once. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, wow. Okay. We're really trying to get everything done. It's just what this movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, this movie was weird because like it wanted to do this big, complicated, like retcon and new story thing in the downtime, Mm -hmm. but felt like it just wanted to rush through all the downtime and development of those parts to get to like outer space action things yeah and so that's fine because yeah. i like outer space action things but like it's a dumb movie to try and jam a whole bunch of plot shit in yeah exactly ugh. yeah because and then so then even more arbitrary is like they find this like sith dagger that could like lead the way but c-3po is like i can read sith but i'm my programming won't let me say it out loud yeah. which is just a very arbitrary concept. that language is a two not yeah it's just like <laughs> like it's yeah it's it's the weirdest i really think it's like at every turn this movie doesn't use conflict to develop characters or like move things forward or anything it just has like a conflict so they have to go to a new place where some new stuff can happen yeah uh-huh. um and it's never like solving a conflict creates a new conflict or complicates the old conflict. It just like moves on. Mm -hmm. It's like time passes. Yes. It's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, but it like, it reminds me of like some of like the, the simplest action adventure movies from like a few decades ago. It's like that. I mean, a lot of ways that is how I would describe an Indiana Jones movie. Sort of like Indiana Jones movies will be like, "Uh Oh, he's trapped hanging on a rope. What's he going to do? Oh, he can land on that platform. Uh oh, the platform's wobbly, and one of the tiles falls out. And what's down there? Snakes. How's he gonna get out of this? And oh, what's this character beat? He doesn't like snakes. Like, there's all this stuff that happens. And in this movie, to just be like, oh, we gotta go to find this. We found the assassin. Now we found this dagger. Can't read it. Gotta find some way to make C3PO read it by messing with his robot brain. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. But here's where I feel like this movie then really takes off for me. And I was like, this part. It looks good and awesome. Like the part where he's driving that X that that ship at Ray, and she backflips and like slices the wing off of oh, it. Oh wait, I think we skipped that. The, this is talking about the Kylo Ren stuff. Yeah, the Kylo Ren. So part. we got so Kylo Ren, knowing she's there, yeah. shows up with his boys, the Knights of Ren. Yes, and the oh. Knights of Ren are literally Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, they look extremely uh, organization thirteen. There you go. Like, there's the a one. shot of them literally standing on a cliff, just watching, all with a different weapon. It is. So good. Yeah. I that's one of my favorite sort of dumb sci-fi or fantasy looks is like the gang of bad guys who all have different weapons. Yeah. That shit is cool to me. What your weapon is your personality. Yeah, totally. I'm axe guy. I'm sword guy. I'm knife guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm spear guy. I'm scythe guy. Yeah. That's a the raw take. Like that's the one that's the wild. I don't sub- wild I don't part. subscribe to horoscopes, but I do subscribe to weapon personalities. Yeah, I think that everyone should and probably does. <laughs> um yeah, so they show up and then there's like a fight and you know, like Griffin was saying, there's the part where like she jumps over the ship she and she's like, like a the thing. And that, that like just like looked cool and like that was just like a fun movie moment for me personally. No, that was like that shit was fun and like stuff was definitely happening mm-hmm. and it was cool, bright colors and move and yeah. movement and it like looked good. Yeah. Um I just like didn't care. Right. And like I rewatched Force Awakens uh before seeing this movie and like the action in, in, in Rise of Skywalker is just more interesting than the Force Awakens action. Like a lot of the Force Awakens stuff is like pretty boring. Um, I believe that. Uh, and and so I, I think this is like a large improvement from Force Awakens, which is just like 
pretty boring and like essentially soulless. Like at least this movie tries to do a few new scenes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, all, the thing is that all of its new scenes are basically in service of undoing the last yes. movie, which is yes. like a really weird dynamic. Yes, absolutely. Um, so then uh, here is the moment that I, my jaw dropped is they Ch- Chewbacca gets captured by the first order and put on a ship. And then Kylo Ren and Ray are fighting uh, and then the ship starts taking off and Ray reaches out and uses the force. And it's like this amazing moment. It's like, oh, she's so strong. She's pulling the ship down. And then Kylo's pulling the ship down and they're struggling. They're struggling. And then lightning comes out of her hand and blows the ship up. And it's like Chewie is dead. Yeah. And someone in my theater went, Chewie. Whoa, and what a absolute what a loser. Yeah. What a fucking loser. My, yeah, my best, well, it's like, yeah. not just being a fucking loser. I mean, it is. But it's just like, <laughs> fucking love story as much as you want, but also just like, this movie's not gonna, are they really gonna do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. When, when that moment happened, yeah, I was, I was like, surprised. That was the first surprise. Like, that, like, that it was like, oh my God, like, this is gonna be like something that this character will have to deal with. And like, like, and like, come to terms with for the rest yeah. of her life. It was like was so crazy because it this movie up until that point felt exactly zero percent like a movie where like yes, so a, a hero accidentally kills one of her buds. Yeah, and also the, this is like the first time we've seen a Jedi accidentally use Sith powers. Ba-bum. So yeah. like it was, that was pretty cool. It was you know it was like two kind of surprises at once. Yeah, that was that was cool. I mean, yeah, it was. It was cool and it was interesting. Until. But then, yep, here comes the part that makes me hate it even more than I already do. <laughs> there was a second transport. Yep. This is my favorite. I think there should this now, like every movie should use this idea. No, what? <laughs> it sucks. It sucks so bad because for a second I wanted to give this movie credit for doing something cool and interesting, even though I wasn't sure I believed it. And then immediately. They're like, you shouldn't have believed it. He's, there's another one. It's fine. It's true. It's fine. Just think about it, though. Like, that kind of epic undoing is so funny. Like, like I think, like, let's think, like, at the end of the Titanic, like, Kate is on the floating door and, like, Leo, like, submerges and, like, goes down and sinks down below. And she's, like, on the lifeboat. And she's, like, getting all warm. And they're like, ma'am, there was a second Titanic. <laughs> and Leo is super fine and he's on the second no, he's just like he's they're like ma'am there was a submarine we got it it's fine we had a second underwater Titanic like, yeah. yeah there was an underwater Titanic yeah and they grabbed him and he's good to go he'll be dancing around the water heater thing in steerage forever it wasn't even a clever like trick that like if you were paying attention as an audience member you could see that there was two transports it was just lazy it was yeah. it was insane yeah it's bonked out it's like i don't know i mean the chewy guy look i feel bad we called him a loser um and you're allowed to like your guys but like it just like this is the kind of movie this is is it like just gives you a moment to be like oh i'm sad about chewbacca and then immediately he's like oh i'm fine about chewbacca right and it's just like Ugh. yeah um, and it's like chewbacca i love you you should have stayed dead yeah. Um, so then there's like a bunch of more arbitrary plot shit where it's like uh, wiping C3PO's memory, finding coordinates to another wayfinder. So it's like literally characters are like finding GPS to find more GPS. It's like it's just it's just extremely fetch quest. It's so fetch questy. Um, and just like all these things can happen so much faster with so much mm-hmm. more time to breathe. Yeah. Like 
Like if you just like condense a lot of this down, this movie mm-hmm. could have like all these parts where things happen and yes. it's like interesting. So then that big chewy moment happens and it's kind of like a big midpoint. And so, okay, now as we kind of simmer down into some more scenes, it's like, all right, this is probably the time where we explore some of these B characters and their final, their final deals. Oh, we're going to explore some more Poe Dameron stuff. Is he going to, is, are they going to do a gay thing? Like, is he going to get with Finn finally? And then it's like, no, his entire story in this movie is to prove how straight he is. Yeah. It's like pretty weird. Every beat is in this movie insists that Poe is a fucking straight dude. Yeah. I didn't even necessarily really think that while I was watching it, but I think you're totally right. The entire thing is like, oh, he meets this like sexy um, helmet lady that they, that used to hook up with him. And it's just like, oh man, Poe, you and your ladies, <laughs> like it's, it's just tough. Yeah. It's tough for Finn and tough for Poe. And it's tough for those actors. Cause the actors uh, wanted to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Did they really? Did they talk about that? Yeah. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Oscar Isaac talked about how disappointed he was uh, <laughs> that, that nothing happened. I mean, think about it. If you had a chance to make out with John Boyega and then J.J. Abrams said you couldn't. J.J. Abrams said no. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, that, that, I just didn't realize that they talked about it. That is that's dope. Yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac's big enough to be able to do that. All right. It's around now that Ray finds out that Chewbacca is alive yeah, yeah, with yeah, her yeah. psychic powers. There's so many plot points in this movie that we both have to look at the wiki for it to just yeah. at all know where we are in the movie. Yeah. I just want to double check to make sure. Yeah. I just, like there's some, I just want to make sure things are in the right order. So then like. They have to go get the dagger from fucking Kylo's Star Destroyer, which is a whole fucking silly ordeal. Mm-hmm. They get the dagger, um, but then Kylo shows up and mm-hmm. he lets Ray know this is the this is go. this is the true like apoplectic Here fucking problem <laughs> moment. Like, so Kylo and Ray have like a chat, and Ray is just like, your Kylo eventually is just like, Palpatine's your grandpa. Your parents hid you away, and he said that your assassin to kill you, but then they say they died, but you lived, and it's they're fine, and you're a Palpatine. And it's like fully ruins and undoes everything that was like thematically important from The Last Jedi. And it's like interesting about the new series. Like it sucks so much ass that it's like basically to be a superhero in this world, you have to be descended from superheroes. Right. And it was so cool in Last Jedi when it was like anyone can have this power. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. And that's like a thing the movie even talks about. Like not like the specific force stuff, but like. There's, you know, there's more of us than there are of them. And like, we're teaming up. And it's all about like people putting aside their differences and like learning that they can all achieve things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cool, but you've made the primary like metaphysical nature of your universe be the opposite of that. Yeah. And um, also insisted that Palpatine fucks. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's the it. big thing for me. Yeah. That's the big gross part about it. Like, it's both like thematically stupid and undoes all this stuff and like makes the universe less fun and joyful to be in. Also makes it a hundred times more gross because Palpatine fucks. And think about it this way: if you uh, if you look at the timeline, how old is Ray? Like probably like in her twenties, right? Okay, so let's let's call Ray twenty. Then Ray's parents, when they were killed, they looked to be about mid thirties. Okay, now if we do the math on that, this this series took place what like twenty or thirty years after the original movies. Yeah, so uh, yeah, something like that. So by that notion, when Palpatine fucked, he was the grossest and oldest looking out of and it wasn't like when he was in the Senate that he fucked. Well, here, let's he fucked when he was that gross, wrinkly cloak man. Let's figure this out. Um, 
How long? Unless he did the whole like Ozymandias uh, sperm behind the port painting trick. Hey, my mom found your comb. (laughs) That was the worst. That was the worst and the weirdest. That was the worst and the weirdest. Okay. So it's 30... It's 30 years between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Okay. So, so it would have happened so it would have happened before like the events of Star Wars. Five years before the events of Return of the Jedi, roughly. Yeah, maybe maybe give or take maybe a little more. So he was old as shit then. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> well, maybe Ray's older than we think or something. Um I don't know. But roughly, on average. He was very old and old at that point. Yeah, for sure. Because her parents are like probably oldest in their 40s when they get killed. Right. Yeah. And who and like and like who was this mother? Like who was who is Ray's grandma? And I think I hopefully they spend three more movies answering that question. Well, I want to look up one more thing. Um, Well, while you're looking that up. uh, So all of this parentage stuff is a big drop. Um, I remember uh, certain people in the theater shaking their heads. Um, <laughs> I mean, I respect that more than the Chewy thing. Like, that's so it's so maddening. It sucks. Um, OK, so then we get through that part and we got to start moving quickly. Um, General Hux uh, turns out to be the spy and Gen- saves yes. everyone who went on the Chewbacca rescue mission where they got caught. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately is killed. Yeah. Which finally get him out of this movie. Yeah. Yo, like- li- oh, you like that? I just mean, like, I don't like it. Like, at this point, there's not much of this movie I like where I'm like, good movie thing. <laughs> but it's like, fucking get that dude out of here. Who cares? Like, get him away from my movie. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough because, like, in the movie one, he does obliterate, like, 20 billion people. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he does deserve to die. But if he hadn't done that, they could have done a fun villain to to rueful good guy act with him. Um, but, he could have been. But he is such a mass murderer that it, like, it gets to a point. Uh, where it's like, bye-bye, Hux. You're very nasty. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so, again, we get basically the same thing that happened earlier in the movie. Ray and friends are on a planet, going to find the Wayfinder. Kylo shows up because he tracked them. I was so drunk now thinking about this movie because I do not remember all these planets. Yeah, Kylo shows up, tracks them, they fight. Okay, no, 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 no. This is the planet with the with the big ocean. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because um, he breaks the wayfinder and then is like, "You got to help me take over for the emperor." He yeah. Sucks. And honestly, this duel on the ocean is sick. It's cool. Yeah. It no, it looks good. Maybe the best thing. I mean, the best thing about all of these sequel ones has been like the Kylo Ray relationship yeah. across the board. And they've had a bunch of really great fight scenes. And this movie also has really good Ray Kylo fighting stuff. And there's some cool like flips over waves they do and stuff like that. Like it, it just it's like this is like what a lot of people that aren't us like pay to go see the movie for. You know, it's like these big, cool set. Pieces yeah, that, like that that part's like that part worked for me pretty good. Like that was yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing. Those two did a really are really like those two actors are really good. Those two characters make sense. Like if everything else or if anything else movies even like close to as like coherent and developed as that shit, these movies would be really good. Mm-hmm. But like but then Leia on a different planet is dying. Yeah, and so she sends a force message to Kylo and distracts him for just a second. Not really on purpose, but just coincidentally. And then in that split second where he's distracted, Ray like skewers him with a lightsaber. Yeah, it's brutal. She just like decides like just to just just end him like right there, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, And then it's like, oh, wow. 
like just like the chewy thing i'm like is this where this happens and goes down and then it's like nah. no 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 ray is a necromancer now yes <laughs> no she's like a healer guy she saves no. she saves kylo and then is like freaked out about having almost killed kylo so she goes back to fucking arcto the fucking luke skywalker blue milk planet yes and, and she like she like heals him and then she's just like oh like I would have taken Ben's hand or whatever, you know, it's like very, it's like this whole romance thing where she's like, yeah. I date you if you weren't working for the bad guys. If you weren't whatever. evil, yeah, if, if you weren't were an evil psycho. Yeah. If you weren't an evil psycho. And that's like, and that's weird. It's like, why would you date this guy? Well, it's like, if you weren't an evil psycho, you're a totally different guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess. Who knows what not evil psycho yeah, that guy yeah, is like. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. It could be anything. Um, then we get some more uh, JJ Abramsy bullshit where Luke's ghost is like, you gotta get the emperor and take my X-wing. Oh God! And fucking Mark Hamill, like who was such a baby during the Last Jedi, and just pouted and complained and whined about it not being the real Luke character when it like was the most deep dive into like a psychological, uh, the, like into the psychology of Luke in the Last Jedi. But then in this movie. Luke literally like does nothing, has just very vacant one-liners, and Mark Hamill looks so happy. He has this finally dumb back to my roots yes, as dumb guy. as dumb one-liner, literally just like blank slate idiot. Like yeah. like, and he's so pleased to do it. He walks into every scene with a big smug face, says a line that means nothing, and is so stoked. That is my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, because it's just like, yeah, like his whole deal through this whole series has been like as toxic as any fan on the Internet. Yeah, he's been a real fucking wiener about everything. <laughs> um, so that part happens. And then he, as a ghost, uses the force. I didn't know the ghost could force real life stuff. Well, that's going to come up again later. Oh, yeah, you're right. But in this one, so then he lifts like, yeah, the no, ship this out is, of the water. Yeah, it's like, can Force Ghosts do stuff? I mean, it's like implied maybe that Force Ghosts can kind of do stuff with like the Obi-Wan Kenobi being like, I'll be stronger than I've ever been. Strike oh, me. strike me down. Yeah, but like, it's never like super clear what yeah. they do. Uh-huh. Um, So that's all. That was weird. And then what else is weird is how quick this bullshit happens, which is Kylo has like a weird memory palace conversation with his dead dad. This is the worst scene in the movie. I will. Well, did I say that about just this last scene? You okay. said that about this. This you said about this the layer training back. stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. This is like those back to back are the worst parts of the movie. Like the Han Solo stuff is so rushed. Yeah. And then fucking. Basically, he's like, why don't you be cool again? And yeah. then like Kylo Ren is sort of like, hey, that girl I like said I should be cool. And yeah. so did my dad's yeah. ghost. I think I'll be cool now. Yeah. And then he like, he's like, I'm Ben Solo now. Uh, and then fucking. But, that, but this is the turn that we've been waiting three movies for. Yeah. And like this was like one of those classic J.J. Abrams moments where he sets something up. And like has nothing to pay it off with because we're like, how is this guy going to go to the good side? He's like such a bad person and they just do it in the laziest way. Right. And so that's like one of the J.J. Abrams problems is that like what we call him setting stuff up isn't setting stuff up because like all it is is alluding to the fact that there is a problem that's later going to deal with or like a thing that's later going to happen. But that's not setting stuff up because the pieces to make it happen aren't actually in place. Mm -hmm. It's just like there's this thing and it's it's coming and you got to wait. And then when it happens, it's like. Oh, that thing happened. But like, 
I actually I like knew intellectually it was coming, but I didn't have any emotional stakes in it because I didn't see like how it works. For sure. And this is just one of those. Like there was no like no part of the movie. There were like hints that he would turn good, and there were hints that in like speak a cinematic language, like yeah. make you think that he's gonna turn good and like know that. But there was no like event happens and then that leads to other event and that leads to other event and that leads to decision or whatever. Yeah. There only was in the sense that like Ray is like, be cool. And then Han Solo's ghost is like, be cool. And then he's like, I'm into it. (laughs) But like there's not it just feels so fucking rushed. And like there's not really like a dramatic like build to it. Yeah. That makes any sense. That's why the only competent J.J. Abrams film is Mission Impossible 3. Because all you have to do in that movie is just have Tom Cruise do his shit back and like nothing else matters. You just be like, no, well, those movies are just like those movies are kind of like each like like they're like so segmented and each section is like its own little story that it doesn't have the same sort of like long term payoff. It's just like now we're in this place and we're going to go steal the thing from the place. And this is like one 15 minute mission. And then we're going to all meet up again and talk about the next thing we have to do, which is sweet. I love the Mission Impossible movies. And I think that's a cool way to make a movie. Mm -hmm. It's super fun. But these movies are not those. <laughs> and so it like super sucks. Yes. Um, so then after uh, is, Kylo decides to turn good. Then the, then the Emperor is just like, wouldn't be Star Wars. We didn't blow up a planet. Hell and yeah. just blows up a planet. <laughs> yes. I think that's incredible. And then he goes, every ship has a Death Star cannon. Yeah. Which is just like, this is the Marvel bullshit too. Like. It's so annoying to create stakes for your movie just by arbitrarily being like, it's very dangerous. But the but the even but the the biggest difference is, is between the Marvel movies, like because there's there's always like a power hike, right, to all these things when yeah. you make more movies uh, until it becomes nonsense. But the it Star Wars is far lazier than than the Marvel ones because Marvel doesn't go. This time there's two Thanoses, or right. like well, this, this time is- Thanos is bigger. Like- right. I mean, this is the worst possible version of it for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like the the way that these movies create stakes, especially these like a lot of the bad, like the the worst of the Marvel movies, and like this movie and other similar movies, is that they don't make it like oh we care about what the characters care about and we care about this world. They're just like intellectually you know that if a thousand ships can blow up a planet that's a thousand planets you know that's a lot of dudes and that ain't good you don't want that huh and like that's just math man yeah and so that like just sucks like it's so much easier like get us invested in like in fucking the in a new hope just for instance like they blow up leia's planet yes and so it's not like this abstract and and we know 30 seconds before that that the people of alderaan are are peaceful yeah exactly and so like (laughs) We carry that in a different way. And then we have this implication that, oh, if they're not stopped, they're going to keep blowing up peaceful planets. Yes. Um, and in this one, they're just like, we'll blow up everything and we're the worst. And it's just like, OK, but I have no emotional investment. In that. It's like, I mean, it's like the fucking because we don't because we don't even know these planets. It's anymore. like the fucking Palpatine thing. Like we just watched two movies being like Palpatine's dead. Yeah. Um, and like, OK, th- that's like so crazy because he. Falls down a giant elevator shaft, and then the space station's on explodes, and then he's fine. Well, I I think that we need to stop throwing people down infinity shafts because it never works. Darth Maul also lived. I'm convinced there's like pillows at the bottom of these things or something. <laughs> yeah, because- but at least Darth Maul wasn't on an exploding space station. Like you're right. It seems like the infinity Darth shaft Maul was is- cut in half. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's just like a doctor. I think, I think there's a doctor at the yeah, bottom. There's like, like a full on emergency room. Yeah, yeah. I think they just land right into a ship and just yeah. are healed immediately. Yeah. But like it's it, the fact that he survived is like so fucking stupid and sucks so unbelievably hard. And then fucking like 
Ugh. So here it just we are. Cheapens the whole the ev- end of the movie. Like, why do I care about anything in this movie? One oh, uh, one big thing uh, that I wanted to mention is uh, they also are have to insist that that Finn is very straight too by giving him a female ex storm trooper uh, romance that happens like with like twenty minutes left in the movie or something like that. Like, like it's very late into the film that this character meets, and then they have a very deep connection. Yeah, well, it's weird because. This movie kind of narrows down and is like, this movie's basically about Ray. Yeah. Like more than the other ones. And everyone else has nothing to do. Yeah. And then just like totally bails on all the other characters. Yeah. And it's like, you get that that's like sort of to some degree inevitable because it's like the third act of the story and you got to get to like the big hero's mm-hmm. journey thing. But like the way it treats everyone else is just ass. Yeah. Now, I think one thing we kind of skimmed a little over before we get to the end that I just needed to break down a little bit more is, okay, the logic is that Palpatine Fox. And then he has two kids that don't like the bad guys and escape. And they have a kid that they know has force powers that they know their father, Palpatine, will try to kill or kidnap her or something. Yes. So they sell her to protect her. Which is one of the weirdest lines in a movie I've ever heard. Is like, they sold you to protect you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they sell her to a meat man. <laughs> they, they sell her to uh, like a guy that looks like a chonk from the Goonies. <laughs> like the portions guy. That's yeah, who they, they sell her Umkar Plutt. Umkar Plutt. Yeah, it's very like... A guy who just talks about portions. It's just like, it's just fucking so lazy. Like... They like they didn't have any friends <laughs> like they couldn't they didn't have like a like a yeah like at least when they hid like uh, Luke and Leia like when they were babies they, they put Leia in a palace and they gave like Luke to a family yeah <laughs> and like yeah they, they couldn't find anyone <laughs> Palpatine's these Palpatine's kids are like yeah let's give her to this weird portion man surely across I guess the idea is that they didn't have to like escape they didn't like dislike the I guess they didn't escape early on but then by the time they had Rey like, yeah, I guess there was like being hunted, I guess. Like, and then they're being hunted by an, a Sith assassin. Yeah, by Ochi. By Ochi, who kills them. Yes. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yes. What a good way to describe. Like, it just took me. It's like movie. I had to put it on like a on a whiteboard just to like figure it out. Yeah, well, it's spending so much fucking time re-explaining shit that like this. No is one, a, yeah, no one cares the, about. Well, this is the. So people, the reason The Last Jedi was cool a part of it is that it sort of was just like all this bullshit doesn't matter. Yeah. We're telling a story about this other thing. Right. Um, and that let it have so much more time to tell its story about its thing. Yes. And this movie does the opposite in a major way. Yeah. And so then you're like, there's not enough time for fucking anything to develop or make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's finish. Let's get down to it. This bullshit. Mm-hmm. So Ray gets to the Sith planet Exegol um, and fucking goes talk to Palpatine and Palpatine's like, I need you to kill me so I can take over your body. And she's like, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is such a fucking silly encounter. Uh, it seems like it seems like he has like three different like ways that the situation could uh, could go, and they're all in his favor. He's like, well, if you don't want to, then I'll have both of you. Like, I don't, it just seems like he's just kind of down for whatever. Yeah. Well, he's a good improviser. <laughs> like whatever happens, like he yes. ands the whole thing. He's like, yeah. Oh, you don't want to. That sucks. We'll have okay. to fight. Yeah. Oh, your friends here and you're a force dyad. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes. And I yeah. suck both your brains out. Yes. Like, yeah. 
Um, but like, yeah, so then like the fucking rebels and Lando and everyone shows up and there's like a big space battle. That all looks cool. And aren't they, aren't they, I know that like, I'm not, I'm not trying to Neil deGrasse Tyson in this movie, but I'm fairly certain there's a scene where they ride horses in space. I don't remember that. They're riding those weird, you know, so the ex stormtrooper lady and her friends have these animals yeah. that they charge into battle with and they're riding on a star destroyer. Oh, yes. On the horses. So I think all the ideas of space are thrown out the window. Uh, grab grab uh, horses. Yeah, grab horses. Well, I'm just thinking there's anything about space. Yeah, no, it's, it's nonsense. Um, and also, you know, if I was uh, improvising this movie, it's like, you know, everyone's least favorite scene from The Last Jedi is the casino horses. Those are the horses they should have been riding in this movie to at least do that full circle. Yeah, at least have them. Like, been like. Well, it's just like there's already an alien we know about that we like, like a cool looking alien that we've heard of. And that you've like spent time, characters have spent time with. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh my God, like Finn could re meet one of the leaders of that tribe of horse people of horses again and yeah, be like, like yeah i saved you now we're here to help you or there's just like a cool line about like that shows that they're competent where someone's like so this is a whatever thing and here's how you and he's like i know i've done this before yeah it's like anything like even that like, like tiny thing would have just like given him like a bunch more debt and that's tying stuff in from other movies without like overriding or re-explaining yeah. it's like uh anyways hire me yeah please I'll, I'll put the horses in the right parts of the movies <laughs> jj i'm sorry hire me please um <laughs> so then uh fucking formerly kylo ren now ben solo shows up mm-hmm. takes on the knights of ren hell yeah uh, owns their asses and he needs kind of a fight because it's really a raised fight at the end so he like we need one last time to show that like Kylo Ren is is cool. Yeah, and that's that part works. Like that's <laughs> yeah, pretty effective fine. for that. He kills his anime friends, who I think are also Jedi. Aren't they also Force users? I think so. The Knights of Ren are all exiled from the summer camp. Yeah, they're like all his yeah. old summer camp buds or whatever. Yeah, and they don't use Force ever to fight him. No, because they just can't even fuck with it. I guess. <laughs> so then it turns out that Ray and Kylo Ren are like what they call a Force dyad, which like mm-hmm. I was honestly at this point was kind of tuning things out, but it's basically this idea that like. They represent like two co-productive parts of the force, and so they can like have extra superpowers. And so mm-hmm. then Palpatine's like, "Cool, I'll take your powers." Yeah, um, love that. And then Chuck's been in a ravine. Also, he the, the 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 hookup that Palpatine is attached to to like keep him living reminded me a lot of Glados from Portal. Uh, like the way that it like it juts out on like a big metal arm and everything. Oh, yeah. Like he like is full Glados by yeah. the end of that movie. He's like pretty gross. <laughs> um, yeah. So then Palpatine drains his power and starts shooting lightning at the plane at the planes at the, planes. At the spaceship at yeah. the whole deal. I thought that looked awesome. That was cool. I thought it looked cool. I was like, I was like, this is the per- this is a good heighten of Force lightning. Yeah, like that was one of the only things about this movie that I thought was truly good. Is that yeah. they were like, no, Force lightning isn't just for like torturing yeah. your, your enemies it's, it can do cool things like can, blow up planes it can like emp yeah like, like and I, it was cool how they like powered down and they were like oh yeah know. it can like do a shock attack that like yeah. shuts things down it can do all kinds of fun stuff and it's and so, force it, lightning it it's not kill, just for torture it, anymore it can kill chewies um it can kill chewies <laughs> um so then uh the end of this movie i'm just gonna run through the end of this movie really quick so Ray fucking gets a spirit bomb bonus power from all the dead Jedi goes to channel their power into her. Hell yeah. New thing that we did. Including didn't... Mace Windu. Yeah. I, you distinctly hear Mace Windu. Shouts out. Um, then like 
She, uh, Palpatine lightnings her. She deflects it. They both die. Uh, She uses both Skywalker lightsabers and sort of a Wonder Woman X style uh, reverse lightning melts his entire face off. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, melting is good. Yeah. I think we can also aesthetically speaking, face melting is good. just literally melts his face with revert with like directing the lighting back at him. Yeah. And that part is very cool. And then she dies as well from that attack. Then Kylo comes back up from the hole. He got thrown down. I'm telling you these holes are safe. Yeah. Uh, and then he uses the force healing that Ray already knew to bring her back to life. They look at each other. They make out. They make out. He dies. And then immediately he disappears. And same with Leia. It's it's such a sudden disappear. And I guess it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think Kylo did kill too many people to be fully redeemed. Like, I think he still had to go by the end. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's definitely like. Because it's like, wouldn't that be weird if they got married and it was happily ever after, after he like murdered so many people yeah well i feel like he couldn't get, have a happily ever after but he probably yeah. kind of could have had like a now i'm a wandering samurai guy or sure, something sure 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 um or like i'm gonna try and fix stuff or whatever but yeah. so there's like yeah you're dead yeah um but that's fine um he vanishes very quickly and then there's like a big resistance celebration somewhere in there fucking chewbacca gets chewbacca finally gets a medal um yeah big by no no mention of the dice um yeah true it's because I got him right here. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. We're rolling dice over here. Um, here's the thing. Uh, there's also like, so yeah, uh, we'll go back and go through some other details in a sec. But then at like the end, like Ray goes back to Tatooine, mm-hmm. buries lightsabers. Someone asks her what her name is. She sees some ghosts and is like, Ray Skywalker, end of movie. Hell yeah. Like it is ass. I mean, we didn't even mention there's like, there's a cool new mechanic guy. He's fun. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, who's the fucking, the fucking cool space mechanic? Um, God damn. How did I Abu Frank? Abu Frank. Yeah. Like that guy's fun. Like yeah. there's, it's, there's stuff in this movie that doesn't suck ass. Cause there's mm-hmm. like cool ant creatures and like space planets and yeah. ships and stuff. Uh-huh. But just like, I just could, I wanted to care about it so much and yeah. I just didn't give a shit about anything. And I think I knew that like this movie was going to sort of betray the last one and be kind of dumb and bad. And so going into that, like expecting to be bored and disappointed and coming out entertained and laughing at bad choices. Like I, I like for me, that was ultimately the fun. I mean, cause then just the movie is a mixture of shit just happening with no explanation and then other shit being over explained to death. Like at the end, she just has a gold lightsaber now. Yeah, she and makes it, her own. And it's, it's like, gold. oh, like she made her own, a new colored lightsaber. And it's just like, it just, it just things just happen. Yeah. And totally. And, it's a weird, it's a weird movie. It's a bad movie, I think. But like, I can't help but like not get emotional when this, when Ray, like, walks into that old farm Tatooine house that like we saw so many movies ago and it's like that same set but like new shots and a new camera and this like new generation of actor and there is there is something that like still no matter how stupid this movie was it like did tug on my heartstrings there and just like seeing the two sons that's the thing is like, like something about that is like you could like uh, I don't know where I'm. G- it felt meaningful, but I don't know why. That's the J.J. Abrams like Kansas City Shuffle is yeah. like what he does is creates these moments that like 
tap into your emotions because like you just remember fucking Star Wars shit. But that like, one worked on Star Wars, me. and it's totally the end, they, they, a lot you know? of them work a lot of the time. Yeah, it's just but like they aren't movie stuff. Yeah, They're just like little yeah. like serotonin brain button hits. It is. It is like um, that. But like that one works. Like a lot of the ones in this movie kind of like work on that level. Yeah. Like it is fun to see Lando, even though it's just like ugh. Yeah. And it's like. Chewbacca gets a medal and that's cool. Finally, he gets one. And yeah. like there's lightsaber duels that are fun and there's spaceship stuff, but it just doesn't like fit together into like a good movie movie. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't like mean anything. Um, but God damn, I had a lot of fun and I'm going again in two hours with my family. Well, I'm glad you had fun. I didn't. I'm going to get in a few days with my family. I hope it's better <laughs> the second time. Um, I think that's it for us. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Yes. Um, and a merry spacey to all a merry spacey to all gross weird um yeah let's uh let's uh try and put christmas lime under us saying goodbye instead yeah. of playing it or do you want to play it uh no, no no we're gonna we're just gonna go out on christmas lime it's uh it's, it's, an, it's a hit christmas song that you haven't heard before but it is an earworm it's a song my friends made it's very good um so we'll play that for you on our way out but before we go just wanted to say thank you everyone for listening all year that was super cool you yeah. guys um, we appreciate it. And yeah. also big thanks, obviously, to Haley for making this podcast not super totally suck. Yeah, we really couldn't do it w- without her. And we are um, we're really, we're really blessed uh, to have her. And we wouldn't probably be doing it still. <laughs> it's definitely possible. So definitely uh, go check out all of her stuff at Eat Every Sound on Instagram because she is the best. And we will see you guys next year. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host, Griffin Davis. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your international music is by Matthew Moore. And your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. And here's the Christmas Lime. The Christmas Lime is the finest lime that is available at winter time. The Christmas Lime is the finest lime that is available at winter time. The Christmas Lime is the finest lime that is available at winter time. The Christmas Lime is the finest lime that is available at winter time. Boil the trout to a Christmas sheen. Cover the eggs in the Christmas cream. Fresh grape pies with the winter's glaze. Christmas bits that have cured for days. The children sitting, they can hardly wait. Forks and knives bang upon the plate. But in comes father in the nick of time. Dragging his axe in the Christmas line. Christmas line is the finest line that is available at winter time. The Christmas line is the finest line that is available at winter time. Move aside all the eggs and fish. Here comes mother with our favorite dish. Steaming noodles in a hearty bowl. Christmas spaghetti that will warm the soul. Then the mother heard the children cry. Who could eat a noodle that will serve so dry? Oh dear mother, how could you forget? Spaghetti must be drenched in something wet. Then the family all raised their voice. Bellowing out for something moist. Cousins shook and the uncle screamed. Father weeping down upon his knees. In comes mother in the nick of time. And cover the spaghetti in the Christmas line. Cover the spaghetti in the Christmas line. Yeah. Cover the spaghetti in the Christmas line. Cover the spaghetti in the Christmas line. Cover the spaghetti in the Christmas line. The Christmas line is the finest line that is available at winter time. The Christmas line is the finest line that is available at winter time. The Christmas line is the finest line. That is available at winter time. The 
Christmas Four times. Is it's not three. Shouts out to Zeke Wadiana and Madeline Olson for making the best of all Christmas songs. A Merry Christmas line to all. Uh, happy Honda Days, everybody. 